Okay, hi. It is the 28th of Kislev. Fourth day of Hanukkah. Basically, um... It's kind of, it's trippy to be in like two places at once and they're recording in here, you know what I mean? Like, it's a mind work. Um, basically, from the beginning of learning this, I've been seeking definitions for different concepts in the Tanya. So specifically for the animal soul and the godly soul. I've really been looking for like ways to define them in one word. That way, every time that we talk about them, we can kind of have reference that definition that we're using and be like, that's what we're talking about. So... I, yesterday I was, re- I was listening to a lot of Devari Newsbaum, who I highly suggest her podcast. She's amazing. And one of the things that she was explaining about the animal soul, it was so powerful. And basically what she was saying is that the animal soul essentially is, the animal soul's nature is really separateness. It literally comes from Sitcher the other side, right? Klipa, which is the outer shell. And the animal soul's whole paradigm for life is that I am separate from God and I am separate from the unity of everything. I am something separate, which is why, and it's actually crazy powerful to think about this, the whole constant psychology of attachment theory, that when a child is born and a, child, a baby is born only with an animal soul, right? If, an an, if a baby doesn't receive, a baby by its, by its nature needs external validation in order to feel good about itself. And if a baby doesn't receive that external validation, it will literally die. Like a baby that doesn't receive hugs and love and nurture, it, it becomes something, it really has extraordinarily detrimental effects to the extent that a baby could actually die. A baby's just left alone without anybody touching it or holding it or talking to it or, you know, and just with like food, it really creates bad stuff and potentially even death because a baby, yeah, because a baby's whole paradigm of themselves is your perception of me which is why a baby who has a mother or a father or a caregiver that's showing it love and that's having eye contact and cuddling it and loving it it learns that it's lovable and it learns that it's worthy and it learns that it's good but a baby who doesn't have that learns the opposite and what that baby's nature is rooted in is the animal soul baby is only animal soul at that point and the animal soul by definition it believes that it's separate it's separate and so it needs something outside of it to bring it into the connection so i need my mother to make me feel like i'm worthy of being alive in this world i need or and then as animal soul gets older it gets more developed in this belief system and in this awareness and this thought process and to the extent of i need my friend's validation in order to feel good about myself or i need to take a drink in order to feel calm or i need candy in order to feel happy like it's because i'm essentially separate from connectedness and from essential worth and essential goodness which is god right i'm essentially separate from god and so i need something outside of me to bring me into that connectedness so that's the animal soul's paradigm it's really powerful and it has so many ramifications but so i think that that's what we're gonna call the animal soul the animal soul is essentially the consciousness of separateness that's what it is. And the godly soul on the flip side is the consciousness of connection because the godly soul by its, by its nature knows that everything is connected and it knows that it is connected with everything, that God is one, Edom Movado, including itself, right? It's aware of that. And so everything that the godly soul does 
is from this place of connectivity. I'm right. That's why later we're going to talk about that. There's no step from the place of godly soul. I am connected to you. I have no boundary between me and you. I have no. I could have healthy boundaries in the sense of what makes me be even more connected to you, but there's no blockage between me and the world, and between me and you, and between me and my divine purpose, and between because. I'm essentially connected and I don't need something external from me to prove to myself that I am worthy of being alive because I essentially am one with the unity of everything because that's just because God is everything. Do you see the difference? It's wild it's, and it's so like clear once I understood it like that. It's like, and so what the goal is that we're going to do throughout Tanya is let the light of the godly soul, the light of essential connection, essential connectivity shine onto the animal soul so much so that the animal soul actually learns that it's also connected. That it also is not, part, is not disconnected. So all those voices that say, I need another drink, the point isn't to say, go away, go away. What, what does that do? That makes it, oh, I must be so disconnected that you can't even talk to me, right? And then it's like, ah, becomes louder. But what the godly soul is able to do is actually able to hold all the parts of us, including our animal soul, as we're gonna talk about later, and then to bring it into the light of connection, basically, of essential connectivity. Okay, so Perak Dalid, thus far, we've been talking about the nature of each of the souls. Right now we're talking about the nature of the godly soul. Um, and we've been talking about the godly soul's nature in terms of its inner nature, its um, seichel and its midos, how the, na- the nature of the godly soul, its mind essentially rules its heart. All emotion comes forth because of the power that's in the mind. We're going to see that it's the opposite for the animal soul. That emotion breeds the thought. Because I feel, because I have an, the animal soul has an essential belief that I'm disconnected, right? That's the essential belief. So then in a moment of, let's say, social overwhelm, they're going to feel a feeling of fear or feel a feeling of shame. And that's going to lead to the thought, oh, I must be really smelly because nobody's coming near me (laughs) but the emotion is what leads to the thought versus with the godly soul the emotion always comes from the thought you're aware of the greatness of god and it leads to this feeling of like oh my gosh i am one with this i feel connection with this i feel love i feel loved i feel lovable but the feelings come from the mind then we talked about parak has been talking about how not only the innards of the godly soul, but the outers of the godly soul, that the way that the, man, the godly soul actually manifests in this world is through the three levushim, thought, speech, and action. Specifically, thought, speech, and action as it pertains to mitzvos. So this is the part that's a little vulnerable for me, but I'm flowing with it. Um, and it's really cool because what I'm discovering is that this whole concept of the godly soul's essential connection, connectivity to itself, to God, to the unity of everything, that whole conversation includes mitzvos because mitzvos are part of the unity of everything. And so for me to say, oh, I'm part of the unity of everything, but mitzvos are another component, that's an animal soul thought because it means that there's separation here. Really, mitzvos are an essential part of the unity of what the godly soul experiences. So, okay, so we talked about yesterday how the emotions and the, and the intellect actually becomes the emotion and intellect of the godly soul becomes manifested through the mitzvot. It's like a, it's like a garment. So we also have been talking about it in the sense of like it's an organ. A mitzvah is like an or as like a it's like your hand kind of. What does that mean? Or like you could say God's hand. 
it's, it's both, but what does that mean that it's like a hand? It means that I have a power of movement in my body. The power of movement shines through my hand. So my hand is not me, but it is very, very, very much connected to me because it's actually what allows my power of movement to come through. So mitzvos essentially are what allows the will of Hashem to be shining and it allows my essential desire to connect to Hashem, my essential desire to connect to Hashem through mitzvahs to express itself. So the innards of my desire and Hashem's desire comes through, you can say like, imagine if you could say like the innards of our desire is our power of movement and then a mitzvah is like us holding hands. It's like, that's the point of connection, that's the point of actual manifestation of the inner experience that we're having. That make sense? Sort of. Okay, let's, let's, it's, a words. it's a lot of words. That was a, that was a lot of words. It's true. That was a lot of words. That whole 10 minutes is a lot of words. Okay, let's, I'm going to read it inside and then we'll, we'll recap and stuff like that. Okay. Um, this is, I'm just going to read, literally read for a second. When you speak words of Torah and do mitzvos, right, it elevates the soul to a higher level because since the Torah and the commandments are one with God, the Jew, by donning the garments of Torah and the commandments, also becomes united with God. Oh, yeah. Okay. V'hine shleisha levushim elu mehatara mitzvaseha. One second. Do you know you can get it on your phone, right? Ach, by the heart. These three garments, um, as they come from Torah and Mitzvahs, they're called the garments of the Nefesh Ruch HaNeshama. What happens when you express yourself through Machshav Adibar Maisa is in the realm of Torah mitzvahs is that it actually it actually elevates your soul to a higher place than even nefesh ruach haneshama or not elevates but connects your soul to that higher place reveals the aspect of your soul that is from that higher place because like it says in the Zohar Hashem and the Torah are literally one perish the Torah is completely one is the will and wisdom of Hashem. And Hashem and His glory is one with Himself. So Torah is literally one with Hashem. The Torah is God's will and God's intellect. God's will and intellect are one with Him. So Torah is essentially one with God. But, then you could ask a question, my understanding of Torah is going to be limited and understanding in general is something limited. So how could the understanding of Torah connect to God, connect me to the essence of Hashem if Hashem is essentially beyond understanding, right? We know that from before that. Even though God is called literally infinite, unlimited, and His greatness cannot be fathomed, and no thought can, act, can comprehend Him at all. 
Also, his will and his wisdom are completely unfathomable and infinite. There's no searching of his understanding. You really can't understand it. Where will you find God? And like it says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. Nevertheless, Where you find the greatness of God, you also find his humility. So what does this mean? Hashem Simsum, like Hashem contracted, compressed, Hashem essentially like gifted his essence of self through the garments of Torah mitzvahs. And through the letters in Nevi'im and Ksuvim of Torah. So basically through all the mitzvahs, through all the different parts of Torah. And through the Midrash and the Agada, through all the different parts of Torah, they're not just, they're not just, they're not just, sep- they're not just like aspects. That's the, hmm, what's the word that you can use? It's literally Hashem put Himself into these parts of Torah, and like, how does that make sense? Yeah, it doesn't really make sense because God is so infinite, and this is in a sense limited. But that's what Hashem did. Hashem put Himself into these parts of Torah, into Torah and into mitzvahs. Um, why did Hashem do it? So that every neshama, every ruach and nefesh that's in a body, because that's at the end of the day where Hashem wants us to be. So that tucha so that we're able to grasp it with our intellect. And bedata is a very powerful word here because it doesn't only mean intellect; it actually means like we talked about daas before. Hashem didn't only put himself into Torah mitzvah so that we can be like, oh yeah, God, I get you. But it's that lahasigam bedata so that we can actually understand Hashem in a way that our bodies have this full experience of I am connected with God. I'm connected with the essence of Hashem. And like, like we were saying before, that's why the godly soul and the, it naturally manifests through mitzvahs because the godly soul is that inherent essential connection. The godly soul is that lens and that paradigm of connection and it wants to connect to God because it is connection with God and the way to do that is through mitzvahs because Hashem put himself into the mitzvahs. To, when we do, to do these mitzvahs, everything that we can with machshava, uh, dibur, and maiseh. There's like two paragraphs left. When I do a mitzvah, I am clothing my essence of self, my, my, my soul, through these levushim into the, into the mitzvahs, which are God's self, consumed into the mitzvah. <laughs> it's a lot of words. Oh my God. Okay, that's good. Then you just finish this up. That's why Torah is compared to water. Ma mayim yardin yimakam gavoa limakam namuch. Water imagine a waterfall it goes from a high place to a low place right it always falls gravity pulls water down but the same water that's at the top of the waterfall is at the bottom of the waterfall too even though it's like wow the water's all the way up there and then it goes all the way down here what yeah well to water because water goes from up there to down here but if i were to pour water from the empire state building down to the bottom it would be the same water that's at the top and at the bottom the water doesn't actually change, it just comes to this lower place. 
Also, Tara descended from its higher, infinite place. That's God's infinite will and wisdom. Literally one with God. No thought can understand Him. And from that infinite, unknowable place, it descended through a journey of levels through his seder hishtalashlos, which is essentially like a covering and a covering and a covering of this essence of Torah, until it actually came all the way down here to the extent of physicality and this world kind of stuff, which is the, all the mitzvahs of Torah and the halachas to the extent, like, it's a crazy thing to even think about, but like, we're essentially saying that God's infinite will and wisdom the highest level of god came all the way down to this world to the to the extent of how i should tie my shoes right when i tie my shoes it's god's essence of will and wisdom shining through in that moment but it's not that oh it's a lesser part of god it's just like that the water came from all the way up there to down here and it's the same water when i tie my shoes it's literally that same essence of god that's the initial will and wisdom of him up there. It's just that it came down in this way that it's now shining through in this physical way, but it's the same exact essence of Hashem. And there's nothing with the waterfall, it's the same Hashem that's up there, it's down here. In the physicality of mitzvahs, yeah. Wild. It's a really good way of putting it. It's the author of it, not mine. <laughs> but that's pretty cool. Also with the physical letters in the Torah. If you look at the Torah, the, that letter Aleph is the physical ramp is the physical physical manifestation of the essence of Hashem as he is expressed through Torah. All the books of Torah. Today, why why did God do this? Why did God make himself go from this infinite place to this place of expression through limitation? Right? The essence of God is infinite terror up there. Wow. Chachma, Ratzon, all that stuff. And then Hashem is like, I'm going to put myself all the way down here and express it through the physicality of terror, through the physicality of tying your shoes the right way, to the physicality of needing to brush your teeth because your body is important. And that's one of the mitzvahs too. Why? So that my thought can comprehend all of the even my thought and even my speech and my action which are even lower than the level of thought can be found in them can be able to grasp them and also be clothed in them got it? oh yeah that's, that's the end of Tanya for today but the power of what we're saying here is that God wants us to be alive in this world and my godly soul wants to be alive in this world and holistic wellness for my godly soul, literally, what's holistic wellness? Mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual. Is that what holistic means? Mm-hmm. That it's all done mind? Yes, exactly. Oh, that. Yeah. And spiritual wellness includes mitzvot because my essence... Is t- my godly soul's essence is tied tightly with Hashem's essence, right? It's the connection with Hashem, inherent connection with Hashem. 
And Hashem's essence, Hashem's essential self is tied tightly with mitzvos. So mitzvos aren't just like some other aspect of my well-being and my wholeness with myself and with my, my, purpose, in wor- my purpose in this world. You know, and doing a mitzvah in this world isn't just like, oh, really we should be spiritual, but the afterthought is, oh, we might as well be in this world doing mitzvahs. It's like the, really the essence of who I am is expressed when I do a mitzvah. So it's, it's, it's a big deal. But yeah, that's, that's, that's Tanya of today. Okay. <laughs> what a journey. Good journey. Okay. Thank you for listening and for being here. <laughs>